Welcome back to Mayaki Novatsi, your Korean pitch. And uh, this is a very special edition for, for us today because um, we are back with someone we already interviewed at the beginning of the war, uh, Sasha Michaud. Sasha Michaud is a co-founder of Glovo, and, and Glovo is a pretty iconic company in Ukraine. Not only in Ukraine, uh, but actually, what they what they what they did in Ukraine is uh, is, is pretty uh, pretty amazing since the beginning of the war. Uh, Sasha, hello, and welcome back to the show. How are you? Thanks, Dominic, for the invitation. Um, yeah, pretty good. Um, you know, a lot of things have happened since we last spoke. In fact, I've probably forgotten all the things that we spoke about and have happened since. Don't worry, yeah. I will I will I will remind you a few of them. Yeah, but uh, I'm happy to give a recap of how we've evolved as a company and. And specifically, and I think the main thing today is is Ukraine and that market for us and the team and right. their their inspiration to us all. I want I want to go back to your mission uh, because I, I really like it and actually it's uh, the signature of your email. It says giving everyone easy access to anything in their city. I, I think it's a actually very powerful mission, but. Just generally, where, where are you today, Glovo? How many, um, how big is the company? How many countries? How many cities? Um, and is that, have you evolved with that mission? Yes. Um, you know, I think we're doing a fairly, fairly good job um, in, in what, what we've achieved and where, where we're going. And I think there's still huge, huge amounts of opportunity ahead, not just for us, but I think our segment on demand and mm-hmm. uh, especially local and inner city on demand. Um, so to answer your question, we're in, we're in 25 countries today. We're in various areas of the planet, but mainly where we started, which is Southern Europe, Spain, Italy, Portugal. This is where we founded the company. Um, then Central Eastern Europe. This would be from Poland all the way to the Balkan regions, Romania one of being one of our largest markets, um, and all the Balkan regions, which were pretty much market leader in, in pretty much all of those countries. And then we have a segment of... Um, ECA, which we call ECA, which is the ex, uh, Soviet Union countries, which are Georgia, huge market for us, tiny country, amazing. Yeah, I would say the only problem with Georgia is there's only 3.5 million of them. Right. Um, <laughs> Tbilisi, an amazing city. Armenia, Kyrgyzstan, Kazakhstan, and of course, um, of course, Ukraine, which is our largest market and our regional hub for that whole area, what I just mentioned. And then more recently, which is more emerging markets, is Africa. We're in seven countries. North Africa, Morocco, Tunisia, and then Sub-Saharan Africa, which um, Nigeria, um, Ghana, Ivory Coast, um, Kenya, Uganda. So 25 countries, um, 1,500 cities worldwide. We're active over, actually. Um, We have around um, 90,000 active couriers. These are couriers who, you know, are, are... doing orders and making money last month on the platform. And over 150,000 um, partners. These are 90% are SMEs, small businesses, who are selling on our, on our, on our platform through our app. And, <laughs> and then finally, sorry, just finished because these are important parts. No, no, please. 4,000 yes. employees. So these are uh, yes. full-time employees who are, who are running the business. Uh, ha- more or less half of them are in headquarters, which is in Spain, 
and the other half are, are running the countries, the regional countries, these 25 countries. Before we move to Ukraine, um, I'm, I'm now in California, in Silicon Valley. And usually when I hear a story like your story, it started in San Francisco and it expanded from the U.S. market to a global market. You, you took a very different path, um, even though the story look like a Silicon Valley story uh, when, when, when I see the number of countries, the number of cities, the number of employees, I mean, the scale uh, of, uh, of Glovo. What were your main challenges starting a startup in Spain and growing it Silicon Valley style, but not being in Silicon Valley? Yeah, that's a really good, good point because that's something I think we felt from day, day one, no, probably day two. Um, we launched in Spain. I think we inspired a lot of confidence with, with friends, fools, family, and small business angels who sort of believed in the idea. Um, we managed to secure a seed round fairly quickly in Spain, relatively easily. We were convincing. We had some fairly good metrics. But once we really had an ambitious global project to convince serious VC funds that we could compete on an international scale against these companies you're talking about, Silicon Valley, but even closer to home, companies born out of Berlin, London, Paris even, companies with a lot more access to capital. We, there was a lot of doubts that a small Spanish company could compete on a world scale at the end, which is what we've done. And, and all these cities I mentioned earlier, the 25 cities, we're generally competing with much bigger companies who've had a lot more access to capital, hence the Silicon Valley thing. And you know, one of our big competitors worldwide is Uber Eats, um, you know, and, and they're, you know, obviously we know their history and what, a, what an influential company they've been. I think, you know, I'm a big fan of what Uber have done. They've probably instigated on demand in many industries thanks to the, their ride hailing app, which they started. So we've been competing and there's been a lot of, a lot of doubt that we could from, from capital. So apparently we've done a lot of fundraising and we've, you know, we had a very high valuation, but but compared to all these competitors, we've had very little funds to compete. Right. So it's been tough, but also I think it made us a better company and a leaner company. Um, and it made us have to really choose where we invested. We had to do less with more. We had always had this mentality within the team of David against Goliath, which, which can appear negative, but actually it's super positive because, you know, one thing people love to be the underdog. And, and actually, mm -hmm. if you have a little bit of success, it makes you even feel better. So you know, imagine you're competing against these giants and you're actually winning a country or having a larger market share than, than them and they're huge and you're tiny. It really inspires the team. And I think that's made us a very special company. And although, again, you, it seems like we're huge. We always say this, but we're still tiny. We're still tiny. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, it's interesting, and then let me extrapolate on this and 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 move to Ukraine because, um, as you know, at Unit City and 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 trying to build the the, the tech ecosystem of Ukraine, what what we're really looking for is uh, finding those um, companies that will become the unicorn of tomorrow, but starting from Ukraine. So you, you listen to, to those people who are listening to us from Ukraine and we want to start a company that will become a Glovo one day. Um, is it, what is the main thing? Is it less with more? Um, is it that idea of being David against Goliath, which means like it's a mindset? Um, what would be your advice for those tech entrepreneurs from Ukraine who 
were ambitious and despite the war uh, want to create companies and are still fundraising. And it's, it's actually, it's amazing. When we, when we look at the numbers, we, we still see companies from Ukraine raising money. I was, I was with Fuel Finance yesterday uh, and they, they just raised 1 million, um, which, is, which is really cool. I mean, in this period and it's for a seed round. Um, so what would be your advice to those entrepreneurs? Um, well, the, I mean, the first thing, you know, it seems redundant saying this, especially to Ukraine population. I mean, but it's, it's persistence, right? It's, there's extremely tough times now. And, you know, even you, you mentioned, you know, there's still companies, you know, getting funding, but I was there just for pre-war, I think it's just a couple of months. Um, and, and the ecosystem there, the startup ecosystem is, is by far the largest or was by far the largest in the region, as in a lot of entrepreneurs starting to get access to capital. When Global was founded in 2015, there weren't very many big VCs, Spanish VCs. You know, that, the biggest funds were 30, 40 million, which now seems, you know, there's business angels have got that sort of money in, in Silicon Valley. Um, right. So, and Ukraine, I felt when I went there, was, was in a very similar position. And the thing is, this will come back tomorrow or, or in, a, in a few weeks or in a few months and, and be resilient because the talent's still there. Um, the market opportunity is still there. And, and that the great thing about being a Ukraine based company is the access to the region and how you can quickly expand is, is, is an obvious one. And also you're probably going to run into very little competition in neighboring countries because the ecosystem is not as developed. So for me, be, be opportunistic um, you know, there's, there's going to be massive opportunities. Um, I've seen that the raw talent in, in, in Ukraine, um, of expertise, a lot of tra- traveled people as well who've come back, super important, have learned things in other, other countries, but have come back to bring that knowledge. A lot, I met many people who've been in Silicon Valley and been based there coming back. You've got a great also access to one of the most important resources, more important than money, which is engineering skill sets. So I'm saying all things that are probably pretty aware um, um, already, but and then um, yeah, identify your 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 model and and you know maybe think a little bit about the region because um, once you build something that's very strong in a region, then you can easily expand out of there, or you could easily become very attractive uh, for one of the big players who haven't really had time or the focus. And if you think there's so many large massive companies that are literally in one country, two countries, or in one region today still. Sasha, I was, <clears throat> I was reading that uh, you guys, I think, created a fund or an impact fund. Can, can, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Well, actually, we haven't. We're, we're in the process. Oscar and myself mm-hmm. are, are setting up uh, a fund, um, a fund for early, early stage startup seed, pre-seed maybe. Um, really, I mean, because it's something that, we're super enthusiastic about I meeting young founders, maybe not so young founders, but also with, with ideas that, um, that we can help, you know, give back, um, and help the ecosystem. So we're, we're, in this, we're, we're sort of right at the beginning of that. And, um, and yeah, it's in process. Um, it's something we want to do. We feel very passionate about it's, we're still going to be focused on global. So the way we'll do that is we'll probably, we'll have a team running that experts in investment. Mm-hmm. We're not experts. In. Also, that's a different skill set. Being an operational right. founder and running a business, <laughs> being around investment specialists, you learn quite a lot of things that I didn't have a clue about anyway. 
Um, so, um, yeah, we're in the process of that. Hopefully, maybe in a few months, um, we might have something a little bit more concrete. Cool. That's very cool. Uh, let's move to Ukraine now. Um, I don't know if you remember, but when we had that first uh, podcast, um, we you told me a, a really fascinating story of uh, people on the ground, couriers on the ground, who didn't want to stop working. Um, they just wanted to continue, uh, and they did. Even though you were worried for them, you stopped the operations, uh, but then then you, you restarted by popular demand, uh, but also because you realized that there was there was a huge need uh, for people to get their medication, to get what they needed to to to, to live, and 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 your career were willing to actually keep going. Um, how are you doing right now in in Ukraine? Well. As, as you quite rightly mentioned, um, when, when you know, the war started, um, the first thing we, we decided to focus on was the safety, you know, the safety of everyone. No? So we've got um, you know, 200 plus um, full-time employees in, in our offices in Ukraine. We've got obviously the couriers, we've got our partners, we've got our customers. So that was the first thing. So we quickly analyzed where were the areas and literally closed down our business from one day to the next. Um, for different reasons, we started couriers were ending up voluntarily doing orders using Telegram and moving around the cities. It became an essential service, all these couriers. But So they reached out to us and said, please reopen the platform. We started speaking to our partners. We started to identify which cities were more in risk than others and slowly working also with local government who also wrote, reached out to us. And slowly um, but efficiently, the team relaunched the operations with obviously high risk um, areas. And also we have, you know, obviously alerts when, when a city's in danger. Um, and, and in the end, we've, you know, it's been reactivated. And that's what I'm, you know, it's been an example to all of us, how our team, a country, an ecosystem, we're not just talking about the global employees, but we talk about the couriers, how stores and restaurants open um, has just been absolutely amazing. And, and one thing for sure that the rest of us at Global are learning from every day, um, mm -hmm. that everything we do is, is, is okay or might even be considered a six out of 10. But um, we just need to look to Ukraine and realize, wow, um, I think it's a, I think it's a super inspiring story. And actually, we have uh, Marina Pavlyuk, who is the uh, Ukrainian uh, general manager of Glovo, uh, joining us. Uh, Marina, uh, welcome to the show. How are Hello. you? Hello. Hello. I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. So, no, we're super happy to have you on board. Uh, where, where are you based, Marina? You're in Kiev, right? Yeah, I'm in Kiev with mm -hmm. the team. Tell me, how, how, how are things going for, for, for Glovo right now? How many people, how many couriers, um, how, how, I mean, how resilient are you? I mean, honestly, I think this is, this is really an example for the, for the world, I think. But um, Marina, tell us more. Yeah, if I got this question, even I think like a half year ago, uh, I wouldn't even... Uh, be able to dream of such a result that we uh, are achieving right now. And uh, here I think that all of us should be thankful to uh, our army and uh, all of the people who are doing a lot of amazing stuff for Ukraine. So I'm happy that we at Glovo can join because Glovo is a team of more than 200 people in Ukraine who are working 
for the country, for the victory, and uh, let's say adapting to the new reality. Uh, the thing that uh, I think that everybody in Glovo is proud of is that we uh, managed to restore the operation level, I'm talking about the volume, uh, to mm. pre-war levels, which is quite okay. And honestly, we've been uh, on, on the 80% of pre-war level uh, already in August. So before the big changes on the market, wow. and that's quite inspiring, you know. So a lot of things yeah. happened. Uh, consumers are different. They change the patterns on why, how they buy in and what actually. Uh, however, we managed to adapt. And thanks to our innovative services, let's say our own businesses, we have a cook rooms, we have a concept, we have a Global Express. So we are kind of a pioneer in this market. And I think this is the right moment, you know, to, to keep pushing on that things. Sasha was mentioning that uh, you, I mean, of course, you decide on, on what city you can still operate or not. Um, where, where, and based on safety, of course, um, where, where are you right now? In what regions uh, are you? So uh, we are in a 36 uh, cities right now. Uh, before mm -hmm. war, it was 39. Uh, of course, for, for the obvious reason, we cannot operate in Mariupol, for example. But uh, my uh, personal um, plan, let's say, and so what uh, we uh, actually share with the team is that uh, our plan is to st restart the operation everywhere where we will see the Ukrainian flag. So the occupied territories like Mykolaiv, Kherson, uh, first of all, we're dependent on the partners. And that's true. So once the partners are ready, when the restaurants, grocery stores are ready to operate, they're ready to open the doors, we will be there. If, well, by well, the way, if, many, if that's Maria's plan, it's the plan because we give a lot of autonomy to our GMs. Um, they run the business. We're a local business. We're, we're an international company, but it's all about local execution. So super happy to hear that. I'm very excited. That's, that's very cool. Um, it's, it's very interesting because the numbers you're mentioning are actually the global numbers we see in the IT industry. Um, when, when we look at the different reports on the resilience of the IT industry, um, globally, it's back to its pre-war level um, about everywhere. And that's, that's, that shows, I mean, the GDP of Ukraine went down about 30%. Uh, but when we look uh, at just specifically the IT uh, sector, it went up 6%. Uh, since the beginning of the war, so so actually this is this is really really interesting. Um, what are your biggest challenges? And 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 after that, I want to talk about the mindset because I think one one of the one of the lesson of all this is is the mindset of people. But 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 what are your biggest challenges? Is it logistic? Is it uh, people? Is it technical? I mean, what is the hardest yeah. part or the big challenge? Uh, we are facing the new challenges each day and uh, just to to give you some examples so like uh, all of the q4 and the part of q1 uh, we've been challenged a lot with the blackouts and for us as the it company that's heavily dependent on the internet connection on the cell phone connection imagine us uh, stay uh, in 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 the cities without internet and without the cell phone yes. connection yeah you know like how yeah. can we operate of course we are dependent on the global processes and as a part of global we are using the global tech and of course it cannot easily be reworked only for 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 ukraine you know needs so that's where uh, we actually need to adapt 
So we, has, we have changed a lot of processes, a lot of protocols, a lot of things. And there have been a lot of manual stuff, then a lot of um, things the team has actually uh, worked on uh, to add some more, you know, like, um, and anyway, like, uh, I can say, and I can say that the, even though, like, the, the level of, of stress and uh, the suddenness of the things, like, the cow that happened to us and nobody can control, uh, we managed quite uh, okay uh, with the situation and we managed to adapt. And that was the main challenge then. Now, like we need to think over on how to uh, make sure that the products that we offer, uh, let's say in terms of the price segments, uh, varieties, uh, and it also applies for our partners, uh, are relevant for the users. So that's where we need to also share the expertise with the partners to make sure that they uh, actually listen, that they can adapt as well to in order to grow the business. So uh, there are a lot of challenges. And the good thing is that we're, ready for everything i think you're ready for everything it's it's interesting because you know it's uh there is there is a say in silicon valley that says well i mean as as you know silicon valley is not doing very well right now a lot of layoffs i mean silicon valley bank i mean it's 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 not the the best place uh for tech but they but they say well you have to have that cockroach uh spirit uh when 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 things go down and and uh and and, and i think what the, the spirit you guys have is is pretty amazing let, let, let's talk about the people uh because at, at the end of the day i mean we're a tech company but you're uh, you're you're really a people company i mean you have a lot of careers you have a lot of partners you have a, how are the people doing and how how do you support them or listen to them or have, have you have you decided on doing something specific that you were not doing before? Uh, so basically we're a company, a platform that unites three different uh, groups. So of course, like four, let's say it's our employees, ourselves. And we have a couriers, mm -hmm. which is like more than 50K couriers that ever did uh, delivery with Glow in Ukraine, which is quite a lot, you know. It's our yeah. partners, more than 8K uh, on the platform and it's our users. So, of course, we need to take care of, of everyone. Uh, and so, like, uh, there are different extensions of the care, you know. For the team, definitely, it's the matter of the motivation. It's the matter of belonging. And, like, uh, when I come to the office, when I see the eyes of my team who are ready to win, for them, it's, like, the personal, you know, like, uh, thing that they can, um, you know, like, make some difference in this country. They can help. And I think this is the main motivation. Of course, everybody is tired and it was a quite exhausting year in our, in our lives. However, uh, the result that we're achieving and the thing uh, like that everything that we do has such a high payback. This is the main uh, motivation factor for the Ukrainian team. Uh, when it comes to the cool years, I think that Sasha can uh, share uh, like the big news that we have for the market. Like, yes, uh, related to uh, the care. Uh, of the cool years it's also about the safety and it's about the future development so a lot of things that we're doing we were doing them before the war but now they're more than actual you know uh, the same for the partners so it's like uh, supporting the partners who are in need who suffered from the bombings or from the war itself so it's like lowering the commission having some special terms so that's what we have practiced since day one of the war yeah just so sharp. Just, I just want to give an example, I think, which just demonstrates. I think we go back to the to very first few days 
of this um of this terrible war and our first reaction if you remember the banking systems closed down and us in you know our very comfortable headquarters our first reaction was okay you know how how are we going to close let's close everything down get safety and make sure that our team can have access to capital um and you know their their, their salaries and the the first reaction from the team the other way around was please reopen the app we've got so many things to do here and it's like whoa um and then, and then you have the couriers telling you the same thing obviously the partners and then local government also saying you're an essential service please um then you realize the importance of, of what they're doing and and it just shows uh, the humanity and the get up and go and um and that's that's all about people and of course the couriers are a fundamental part of our platform is when you just said that you know we've had fifty thousand active at some point in, in in our short time in, in Ukraine over the last four or five years, but um, you know they're they're fundamental piece, and we have the couriers pledge, which which guarantees a decent earnings, gives them safety coverage, insurance, um, maternity protection. So there's a lot of initiatives around that, which sort of although they're freelance workers and that's how they want, they want to work you know dynamically and choose their timetables. We can actually give them social benefits on top of that to give them certain guarantees. And that's, that's a key commitment of Global Globally and, and in Ukraine, of course. That is, that is pretty unique. Um, so uh, we're going to have two more questions for you guys. Uh, a little bit more um, global, I would say. Um, the first one is, Marina, what, what have you learned uh, from all of this? And I will have the same question for Sasha. What, what, what have you learned? Uh, it's not an easy one, and so let's say uh, mm-hmm. I would start I from the f- from the fact that for the past year uh, I became a mom, uh, and so I have a ch- yeah thanks and uh, mm-hmm. being a GM uh, during the war and at the same time being a mom of a little child who is just a newborn it's it's a double stress, but what I have learned is that uh, the resilience itself is the matter of. Uh, your own effort so nobody will give it to you nobody will inspire you and nobody can actually so it's just your choice whether you are playing this game and you are ready to win or you're just sitting and waiting like for somebody come and help you so my position was to to play and to win let's say and that's like always staying on the positive side no matter what like you know like uh, um, holding the meetings from the bomb shelter and there have been a lot, and Sasha can tell you, like, doing a stand-up from the bomb shelter, yeah, with the whole team. Uh, looks scary from, for everybody outside uh, the country, but a, a little bit of fun for us, you know, and encouraging other people also to stay strong. So it's just a matter of what are we set ourselves up for, you know? Sasha, what have you learned? Um, it, it puts everything into context, um, you know, the daily problems, that I might have or that we might have or that, you know, and, you know, issues. It just puts everything into context a little bit of, of, of real, what real pain is and what real problems are and how people adapt. There's so many things and he hasn't covered. The fact, you know, when there's an air raid, in our office in Kiev, they all, you know, all run downstairs and, and we have a, an office set up in, in the parking lot so they can continue working. When there's been the blackouts, the, the petrol and uh, what are they called um, generators? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's I've seen these images and just puts things into perspective of, of stuff, you know. 
Um, here, you know, in Barcelona, the, the, the staff complain if the air, air condition is not working correctly. I mean, it just puts right. things into perspective. So um, that's, that's my learning. And, and I think that's why I've said a few times that it's, you know, they're a great example to all of us of, of get up and go. Um, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just learning every day. Um, last thing, what, what do you hope for? What's, what's, um, what, what is, I mean, uh, and of course we want the peace and we want victory, um, but, but what do you hope for? I think it's for uh, the recovery of the market itself. I'm not uh, talking about only the IT industry uh, or like delivery market specifically, uh, but about like the total economy of the country. And the thing that can give us a hope of, let's say, going back to some normality of having a lot of people be back to the country and fulfill it with the life again so that's mm -hmm. my not only the hope but the, this, the final destination why i'm here and why i'm actually doing everything that i'm doing great Sasha. Yeah. mine was you, you stole it from me <laughs> um no mine was very much in line with that is a bit i felt when i when i came to ukraine just before the war i mentioned that there was there a couple of months before i felt this vibe this energy mm -hmm. this um startup ecosystem that's really beginning to get going And I hope, you know, um, once peace is in there that we, that hasn't been lost or there's not a lot of catching up to do and it just takes off from where it was because there was a, a real energy and drive in the right direction. And I really think Ukraine, um, Kiev specifically, but I think the whole of Ukraine can really become a tech hub for that whole region um, and for a number of reasons, market size, talent, talent, both business side, but tech. Um, So I just hope that gets back to normal as soon as possible because there's a super interesting um, thing going on before the war. It's it's interesting because this is also my hope, and actually this is what I'm working on. Um, so I I miss I mi I miss that vibrant energy, but I know it's still there. I mean, when I see um, Unit City, for example, that is full, the parking lot is full, people are going to work. Um, that gives me actually a lot of hope. And, and this is kind of what I'm saying is, is with the tech sector, it's not going to be about reconstruction. It's going to be about continuing the growth and supporting yeah. the ecosystem. And, then, and, and I think that's really cool. Um, I don't think I'm aware of it, something very close to your heart. And I think um, is we'll, we're, we're beginning planning in a startup competition um, oh, cool. with, a, with a startup lab, uh, which is, I think... Um, I think it's called the U Ukrainian Startup Fund, which I think is very close mm -hmm. to your heart. And very we're close. in the early stages of that. So I think together we'll probably have some sort of announcement very soon about how we can build something there together with Global. That, that, that would be awesome. And, and Sasha, we're going to have to talk about the fund because uh, I'm also raising a fund uh, to invest in early stage startup in Ukraine. Um, we are actually very advanced um, in that. And that's... Uh, I'm looking forward to this and I'm looking forward to collaboration with Global and supporting the tech ecosystem. I think what you guys are doing is amazing and not only amazing, but also um, critical actually um, to support people, um, to give them jobs. Uh, and that's key because you, you need to feed your family, uh, but also to give them access to, uh, to what they need. So um, congrats. Thank you. Um, and, um, well, guys, 
That was Sasha and Marina. Sasha is co-founder of uh, Glovo. Marina is the uh, GM of Ukraine. Um, please listen to the podcast we did previously. Um, so you have the full story. Um, thank you so much and uh, see you very soon.